0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Imagine Golf podcast, brought to you by Imagine Golf. You can go to imaginegolf.com to see all of our offerings. It includes free drills, our free practice plans, a bunch of ebooks up there on the site, or even to book a lesson with me, Daniel Guest. You can sign up for our, our free videos that go, our free golf tips and videos that go out once a week, every week by simply dropping us your email. Hey, so we're going to talk today about practicing. You know, I live uh, right outside of Philadelphia, and you know, the famous uh, Allen Iverson line, we're talking about practice, you know, not a game, practice. We're talking about practice. Well, that, that's correct, man. We're going to talk about practice today. And, and I got to tell you what, what brought me to this topic. You know, um, every day I go to work and uh, I'm just amazed. Uh, I even said to, to one of the guys that works at one of the ranges we have, um, I'm just amazed <laughs> how ma- how bad some people can be after how much they practice, right? Now, look, golf is a crazy, crazy hard game. No doubt the hardest game uh, and sport, I should say, that I've ever had to play and and get to love. But that doesn't mean that you should be god-awful after five years, six years, 10 years of practice um, or just the same, all right? I mean, I got to tell you, it's just, it blows my mind um, especially in an age where we have so many resources. I mean, there are more golf instructional videos on YouTube than every other sport combined. Now you can make the argument and I would actually be on that side that, Hey, that's not a good thing necessarily, but if you're absolutely horrific at something, you can easily just pop on the internet and check out a few videos and you would think you'd get a little bit better, but um, clearly that's not happening in the case of golf. And it's definitely not happening in America for, for sure. So um, just a couple things that we're going to go over. I, I think I said before in previous podcasts, our design is to keep these in, in bits, if you would. We try to keep them around 15, no more than 20 minutes. So um, we're going to cover why you got to stop playing uh, driving range and start playing more golf. Um, we're going to talk to you about what really what goes on at a driving range and, and how you can actually hurt your game instead of help it. And then we're going to turn around and we're going to give you some ideas that can make your practice more productive. And then I guarantee you, If you do some of these ideas, you'll get better and you'll get better way quicker than you ever had before. Um, How do I know? Because we've been practicing some of these ideas for over 10 years in our practice at Imagine Golf uh, and our golfers drop an average of eight strokes. So um, I'm not guaranteeing you're going to drop eight strokes if you do these things, but if you take lessons from us, I would guarantee that. So, but here we go. So look, one of the reasons that a driving range is challenging is is that, or that it really doesn't help one's game, is that, look, it's one of the most unaccountable places with regards to golf. And what I mean by that is, is that you you, you get up there, you hit a bad shot, there's no recourse. It doesn't matter. You simply rake another ball and you hit another shot. And without those consequences, um, it's every shot that you take simply doesn't matter. And, and that's a problem in golf, right? that's a problem in every sport, right? Uh, if you're not held, if you're not holding yourself accountable, if it's, if you're not accountable for your actions in a certain sport, you're certainly not going to get any better. And, and the driving range is a perfect environment for lack of accountability. Um, you, you'd be better off even just going to a simple putting green, uh, hitting 20, 30 putts, uh, because at least then you could say to yourself, Hey, uh, I dropped 20 or 30 putts or, you know, I, my short game are my six foot putts. I knock 90% of them in or uh, anything that, w- that would hold you accountable uh, would be better than a, a traditional driving range uh, and a traditional driving range session, if you would. So, um, and, and and further that, if you would, if what's, what's, what's counterintuitive to, to that lack of accountability is, is that, every shot on the driving range, someone is trying to make that perfect shot, right? They don't get up there and just, you know, hack away if you would, or most people don't. They're trying to hit a great shot. And that great shot is something like this. I want to hit it straight and I want to hit it far, right? Um, I want to hit this bucket of a hundred balls consistent. I want to be more consistent or some generic uh, t- uh, uh, goal like that, as that, if you would, right? So, Look, don't get me wrong. You know, the 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 I'm not saying don't go to the driving range. What I'm saying is, is that you've got to have a plan when you go to a driving range, and that lack of planning um, is at the root of the problem, if you would. So, um, what, what is a driving range good for? Well, it, look, it's good for if you're working on technique, right? If you're if you have a a certain technique that you're working on or you're trying to change something, uh, a driving range can be good for that. Obviously, it's good for a golf lesson, right? Uh, you can roll up to a driving range, almost any driving range in America. Most of them have uh, some level of golf instruction there and you can take a lesson. So for that, it's excellent. Um, or if you're working through some type of change, right? You had some type of change in your golf swing, uh, and you're, you need to work through it. Uh, and you don't want to, you know, play around the golf, uh, with the change and be spraying the ball all, all over the place. So, um, that might be perfect for something like that. So, um, but, um, or if you're coming back from injury would be a fourth thing. If you're coming back from some re- uh, injury um, and or hiatus from golf, um, a, a driving range obviously would be would really good for that. Um, so let's talk specifically some negatives. What, why is the driving range um, not a positive environment? Well, first of all, it's an artificial environment, right? You get a perfect lie every single time. Uh, you have some type of alignment aids, if you would, uh, typically. Um the the which is a negative by the way on the golf or uh, on the driving range um the the balls are typically poor all right most driving ranges the balls are have outlived their their service life um most people um just go way too fast they do what's called what we call rake and hit they just rake a ball out of the out of the tray and hit another one they rake a ball out of the tray and they hit another one um, and many times um All they're really doing is engraving or practicing bad habits, right? So again, don't get me wrong. If you're going to the driving range for a form of release, right, you're going there just to relax, uh, have at it. If you're going there to get better, um, hitting 100 balls uh, once a week, uh, twice a week, every other day, whatever your cadence is, is not the way to do it. Um, And just as a sidebar, um, in preparing for the podcast, I thought it was interesting Um, The average tour pro, right, when it comes to practice, practices between six and eight hours a day, six days a week, right? And they break that practice down on average now between three, about 50%, three to four hours on full swing and three to four hours on their short game. Um, The average golfer, all right, and that's that's the average golfer is one that's scoring um, right around 100 that average golfer practices one or two times a month. A month, all right. So just th- when you say that out loud, think about it. You're practicing one or two times a month, and um, albeit you're practicing incorrectly or you're not practicing with a plan, all, all you're doing is just that. You're just releasing. You're just getting, you know, more balls <laughs> into the field, of, into the range, the field, um, and uh, so someone else can pick them up. You're really not getting any better. And how do I know you're not getting better? Because the average handicap, male handicap, hasn't changed in over 50 years. It still hovers between a 16 and an 18, and that includes the 10x change we've had uh, in equipment. The technology has improved tenfold in that same time frame, and yet the average handicap has stayed the same for 50 years, 5-0. So clearly. The driving range practice, which is the number one form of golf practice out there, ninety-five um, percent of all golfers, when they're surveyed, surveyed, I mean, so when they say yes, uh, hey, do you practice your game? And when they say yes, where do you practice it? Ninety-five percent of them say at a driving range. So, uh, so clearly, it, it's just it's not the uh, the uh, the idea uh, or, or the way of choice if you would to get better. So, there's some of the negatives. Let's talk about some positives or how you can make it more positive at the driving range well we already touched on one obviously is you got to have a plan we're going to talk about a plan in a few minutes here um you've got to use your routine right and if you're saying to me well i don't have a routine when i'm saying routine i mean a pre-shot routine if you don't have a pre-shot routine um then you need to go back and listen to one of our other podcasts on the pre-shot routine but you can't go you can't play one way and practice another you've got to do your regular pre-shot routine on every shot all right uh, I'm 57. I've had the same pre-shot routine now. I actually I've changed it uh, about 20 years ago, but for 20 years, I've had the same pre-shot routine. and for 20 years prior to that, I had another pre-shot routine. So um, and I use it I, I, I would feel naked without doing that pre-shot routine and you got to have one, all right? So use it on the driving range. You've got to be working on something, anything, but you've got to tell your mind and your brain what you're working on, all right? And what you're you're working on, we're going to put that in that plan, if you would, that we're going to discuss in a few minutes. You've got to use drills. If you're not using drills, you're not going to get better, right? You are certainly not going to get better. No professional golfer just gets up there and hits balls, right? None of them. Even when they warm up, they don't just hit balls, all right? So you've got to use some drills for the amateur golfer to get better. Um, Get on grass if possible. Not every time, but get on grass if possible, right? For the obvious reasons, it's going to give you a more realistic simulation of a golf shot. Um, and uh, I, I just think it's better. If I had my choice, uh, I'd be on grass 24-7, uh, but I live in the Northeast and that's just not possible. Um, make sure you stretch before you go to the driving range, all right? The war- I see you know, probably 70, 80, maybe even as high as 90% of the golfers I see come right out of their car, go right up to the ball machine, get balls, drop their bag, and start hitting. Right? Um, and, and again, when you say it out loud, it's just a recipe for disaster. Right? You wouldn't play any other sport like that but golf. Right? I'm a big ice hockey fanatic. I play once a week. And even in ice hockey, right, I warm up and, and stretch before um, we actually get out there and, and play. So uh, it would be a disaster if I just got out of my car, threw my gear on, and jumped on the ice. Um, my, well, now I think about it, my game's a disaster anyway, I'm but you get the point, right? Make sure that you slow, uh, stretch. And then the last thing is, is slow down. All right. Make sure you're taking your time. You're better off hitting half as many balls with a purpose and going through your pre-shot routine and having a plan and having some drills, than you would be hitting 500 balls without, uh, all the previous, right? So slow down, right? There's no prize for hitting lots of golf balls. There's no prize uh, for hitting 150 balls in an hour, right? Uh, and, and there's nothing about repetition uh, in golf that makes you better, right? When I when I say that, I say that with respect to you know poor shots. If you're if you're just hitting balls, you're typically graining and regraining and practicing poor habits. How in the world are you going to get better? That's just hitting a hundred balls or a thousand balls a month or whatever the the number and the cadence is, is not going to get you any better. So we got to slow down. Um, And if you'll just do a few of those, right, even if you don't choose all of them, you're going to get better. Um, So let's talk about a plan. Well, Daniel, that's great. I'll take some of those into consideration. What is this plan you're talking about? So we like everything in threes at Imagine Golf. We like, we do everything in threes, right? We talk about, hey, you want to get better at golf? stop your penalty shot, reduce your penalty shots, right? Stop your two chips and stop your three putts. Those are three things you can work on. So in our practice routines, we like full swing, short game, and putting, right? That's your practice. So if you're at a driving range, putting is probably out of the equation if you would, but full swing and short game certainly is not. So you should work on your full swings and your short game, at least uh, break it into halves, all right? And then from there, you should break your balls up into different uh, categories, if you would. So if you want to, we're partial to the number seven at Imagine Golf. If you want to break them into sevens and hit seven with each club, if you want to go through seven different uh, drills, uh, that's fine, but break those balls up so that you're having all of a sudden now, you're created a routine that you're going to be using. uh, And we suggest that you continue that routine of whatever you're working on for a minimum of three practice sessions. So again, everything in golf is about threes. Everything at Imagine Golf, we practice it within sevens, and I just gave you a loose, loose uh, plan, if you would, of of anything you could work on. Absolutely anything. So, if I was going to work on my drive, as an example, right? Um, and by the way, I've seen you know guys simply just roll out to the, uh, actually just bring their driver, right? They show up to the driving range, and the only club they have is in their hand is a driver. What a disaster that's going to be! Imagine that, right? You're going to hit a hundred to 150 drivers, right? and you think that's going to be a good practice session, you're out of your mind, right? Um, But let's say you're working on your driver. How would you do it? Well, look, you hit a few balls to warm up. How many balls, Daniel? Well, I don't know. I usually hit seven, 10, 15 balls just to get loose. And that's after I've stretched for four or five minutes, right? Um, I actually, I'm a partial to a whip swing trainer. I get out my orange whip a little bit as well. So before I even hit ball number one, I've been at the range about 10, probably 15 minutes. And then I'm going to hit 10 or 15 balls just to get my golf swing, if you would, loose, if you would, and get my golf in golf appropriate kind of shape, if you would, for the practice session. And then you're going to break down um, my whatever, whatever I'm working on. In this case, we're talking about a drive. So I'd start with something smaller, maybe like my 7-iron, and I'd work my way up getting, you know, seven shots here, or seven shots there. Um, I, I might even go through, you know, the uh, the famous nine-window drill where I'm I, I look out and I pretend like there's nine windows, nine window panes, if you would, and I'm going to hit a seven iron um, nine different ways, right? So I'm going to hit uh, you know, a, a, a low, medium, and high draw. I'm going to hit a low, medium, and high fade. I'm going to hit a low, medium, and high uh, straight shot, if you would, right? That's a great way uh, or a great plan, if you would. And then I just continue to go through with a couple different clubs until I get to maybe my, my five wood or my three wood. And uh, my three wood right now is in timeout. So uh, I probably would stop what my five would. And then I'd spend uh, the, the last probably uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes of my practice um, on the actual driver, all right? So th- there, there's a loose plan, if you would, and if you, and if you, you need a driving range plan, or, or if, you, if you have something, well, we have a driving range plan on our site at imaginegolf.com. But if you need a plan or a specific plan, simply email me, let me know what you're looking to work on, and I, I can shoot you a quick plan that we use um, with our students, if you would. Um, let me turn you on to something else uh, about practice, right? So we, we talk a lot about Imagine Golf. We're big believers in what we call off-mat or off-ball uh, practice, right? Um, it's been proven that it's just as effective uh, practicing almost any sport without a ball um, that it is um, with a ball. Um, there was a famous study, a basketball study by uh, done by the University of Chicago in the 80s. I forget exactly when it was, but it was in the 80s. Um, where they took, uh, a thousand students, right. Or a thousand players, I should say. And they broke them into a third. Um, and they did a, st- a study for a month, right. And the first third didn't touch a basketball for a, the entire month. The second third, uh, shot free throws for an hour a day, every day for the month. And then the, the bottom third, if you would, um, took an hour of free throw practices, right. Without a golf ball or without a golf ball, without a basketball, um, and at the end of a end of a month, groups two and three outperformed, obviously, the group that didn't do anything, uh, by about 25%. But what's ironic about it is, is that the group that didn't use a basketball in practicing free throws actually outperformed them by a little bit. So that was all. There was no other instruction given other than, hey, practice your free throw with a ball or without a ball. Um, that same kind of study has been replicated in golf numerous times in numerous different iterations. So, but it, it is proven that if you practice without the ramifications or consequences of a golf ball, um, it's just as effective. Uh, and many would argue, including us at Imagine Golf, that it's more effective. So we like at Imagine Golf, we like the ratio of three to one, right? So if you're, you're that average golfer, you're, you're hitting in the high nineties to hundred and you says to say to us, Hey, I want to be more consistent in my game and I wanna get in the 80s or I wanna shoot par, we're gonna prescribe for you a practice routine or a regimen of three to one. Three to one off ball, three times as much off ball practice as it is uh, on ball, Um, especially given today with the work at home environment, right? It's way easier to accommodate that. So um, anything from what we like, uh, one of the examples I'll give you is what's called a perfect practice drill where you actually just take two clubs and you go, you take your swing, you take your stance, I should say, you take your swing and you just go in perfect form, right? I mean, and and perfect form in slow motion. I mean, super slow, like time-lapse photography slow, and you take your swing because here's what's not going to happen. The guy that you know immediately pulls his club outside the target line and takeaway, he's not going to do that. The guy that comes over the top so far outside in is less likely to do that. The guy that turns their wrist um, crazy to the inside, all right, on their normal swing is not going to do that in super, super time-lapse photography style slow motion with two heavy clubs in their hand. You're just not going to do it. Um, so you're more likely to be able to focus on the form than you ever would be with a, a golf ball in front of you. So the other reason why it works is um, it, when I when I say it works. I'm talking about uh, practice off the ball. The other reason it works is, is it eliminates negative feedback, right? So most people by nature are more negative than positive, right? So and 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 golf, definitely uh, people are more negative than positive, right? Um, very rarely does someone go off the golf course and you say, hey, how'd you hit him today? And oh, I, I crushed him today. My three wood was doing this. My driver, I was able to work it left and right. And man, my irons, man, I was I was flushing every single one, every shot today. That's not what we hear uh, at the 19th hole, right? We hear just the opposite. Ah, I couldn't hit the side of a barn today. I couldn't putt for shit. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. So um, the the golf world is filled with negative feedback. And after every shot on a driving range, more times than not, the amateur golfer is going through a series of negative feedback uh, in their mind. And again, when you say that out loud, that is not good, right? So it's not good, especially if you're trying to get better at something, right? We want uh, we want positive feedback and we want that fo- positive feedback. It's, it's no coincidence. We want it in a three to one ratio. So if we're going to get better quicker, um, we want that positive feedback and we want that ratio to be three to one. Um, so we're going to eliminate that neg- negative feedback by removing the ball. Right? <laughs> it's that simple. We're going to remove the ball. Um, you know, and, and if you don't, don't believe that, you know, this works, um, take a look at some of today's golfers. Will Zalatoris is a perfect example. He's a huge believer. Um, in slow motion shots. His dad wouldn't even let him hit, hit uh, full swing shots for like, I don't know the first 10 years of his practice or whatever the number was something crazy like that. Um, Tiger Woods, that famous stop at the top drill that Tiger did um, not only with a ball, but he said he did it three times as much without a ball. Um, Max Homa practices in front of a mirror three times as much as he does um, uh, on the actual practice uh, on the ball, I should say. So uh, he actually made a comment that he's, he practices in a mirror. He's lowered the mirror so he doesn't have to look at his head so much. He's right? her face so much. So look, I mean, if it's good enough for these guys, it's certainly good enough for the amateur golfer. Um, so let, let let's let's spend more time right um, off the ball. If you need some off ball drills, right again, shoot quick me shoot me a quick email. Um, we have them on our site, um, or um, just get online. There's plenty of them out there. Um, I mentioned a few of them, right? Perfect practice drill anything in slow motion, um, anything, um, with two clubs in your hand. Um, and, uh, and I mentioned the stop at the top drill. So, um, there you have it for today, man. Uh, I went a little bit over in time today, but, um, stop playing driving range, right? It's, it's not going to get You're not going to get better. Um, and if you go to the driving range and, and if you can't help yourself and you're one of those guys that, you know, it's part of your, your lifestyle, if you would, um, grab a pro right? Most driving ranges have a problem. I've had thousands of people come up to me and say, hey, can you take a look at your swing? Or can I take a look at their swing? And if I have the time, I never say no. I I, honestly, I never say no. And I end, you know, I tell them, hey, I pick one thing. Um, Well, I ask them two questions. I say, hey, how long have you been playing golf? And what are you working on? And then your answer is usually always the same. Hey, uh, I've been playing golf X amount of years and uh, I'm working on being more consistent. (laughs) Um, But I say to them, hey, look, I pick one thing Hey, if you do this, you know you'll you'll see a significant improvement and then I normally shoot them a quick little drill that they can do, you know whether that's closing their stance a little bit, whether that's a quick little grip change, whether that's hitting out more to the right um, or if they uh, put a club down or alignment stick it out, I pull it out of their bag. So all of that that I just mentioned takes no more than five to seven minutes. So most pros at your local facility will be happy to take a look at your swing and uh, and give you some advice there. And if you only did that, if you said, hey Daniel, I don't like anything I heard on this 17 minutes of this podcast. Total waste of my time. Except that you'll be better for it. So, hey, that's all for today. Uh, if you can, hit the uh, the uh, follow button below. We really appreciate. We're still working on trying to get on in that top 100. We're hovering right around 106, 107. Uh, top pod golf podcast in the country. So you can find us on all the top directories, including Spotify, uh, iPod, uh, pod or iCast, I, I guess it is. Um and iHeartRadio. Um, and you can uh, direct email me at Daniel at Thanks and have a great day.